Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Rafael. We want to thank you for once again um, listening to our through the Xenosverse stream and I'm so grateful to have uh, so many folks here who've been on our podcast, Where Are We Going podcast and uh, they're all going to introduce themselves here and as, as you, you've probably already seen them, you may already know who they are by the labels on their screens, but the uh, labels aren't what, can, aren't what define us, it's what we say and who we are and I'm so grateful to have them here to share with you uh, and share with our viewers and share with those who are watching everywhere uh, whether you're in Zenos or not, whether you're Dennis McCallum or just somebody disinterestedly floating into my, into our into the from the web into this uh, this broadcast, uh, just to share what Zenos really is and what it isn't, and uh, we really want to uh, encourage uh, our our uh, people who are our, our audience who are listening to to really listen in and uh, listen to a conversation that we're about to have. And I want to ask, I'm going to throw the floor over to you, Ronnie. And ask you just to maybe introduce yourself if you wish. I know you. Everyone here has been on our podcast, uh, so uh, but you know if you can, if you want to introduce yourself, you can, and just share a few thoughts. And then after we all share, uh, we're all going to just uh, like I said, just see what we can to uh, pick up on one of those thoughts and see what uh, where we're going because I think there's a lot that we need to that be considering tonight. Let's go ahead, Ronnie. Um. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm 27. I would join in January of 2015 is when I joined Xenos, um, moved into the ministry house about October of 2015. Um, and then I was fully involved and committed until about, I think maybe right at the start of the pandemic of 2020, um, moved out of the ministry house, had a horrible time, made me want to leave. And then I left. Um, and now I'm, very passionate about trying to get people to see what the, this crazy church is just right here in Columbus, Ohio, and also really trying to advocate for the people like us who have to hold these meetings and defend ourselves and share our truth and to try to get it out there. And I'm really interested also in t as to why Xenos is really gung-ho on just complete and total denial of their mistakes um so that's about it for me hmm. good thought um i think about the screen I think megan i think you're on my screen megan you're next so <laughs> but so if you don't mind me calling you on a spot sorry <laughs> all right so my name is megan mcgowan and i was a member of xenos from 2012 to 2016 um, I was disciplined out of my home church and uh, shortly after went into a partial hospitalization program. Mm -hmm. 
and uh it is an experience that just still deeply affects me today um and it's been challenging how prior to xenos you know my faith was the foundation of my life and after xenos i just feel very confused and uh i don't know just i feel i don't know like a almost like a sham or or something um but it's it's hard and i you know it wasn't till i went to the you know mental hospital that i was able to start recognizing um abuse that i went through and that i shouldn't try to go back to the group after what happened and i just like desperately want to help other people not get to the very low point that i reached um through my involvement there um so yes yeah, so i you know want to share my story i want to do you know whatever i can to you know help others from being so damaged by this group yeah yep. just as good to see you again on my screen that's we, who's next that's a little different probably where you're at but uh jump on in justin good uh, good to see you again and good to see all you guys but uh we got next there um well i'm justin i've uh been here a few times now so it's pretty sure people know my story by now but um I, let's see i joined uh, around 2005 uh i was excommunicated around let's say 2009 um where i just kind of had the interesting story where i didn't have the same experience everybody else did i was just kind of told i was no longer welcome uh that i would my attitude where I was going through a lot of personal stuff in my life. They told me that I was too sad and that I was bringing people down and I just wasn't allowed to be around anymore. If I was going to be that kind of influence and affect new people coming in. So, uh, spent the next uh, almost 10 years, just really not quite understanding what I had gone through until I had started, um, started listening more to the people saying it sounds like you were in a cult and and then i I started um started watching uh leah remini's series of scientology in the aftermath and i started seeing the parallels with what i went through to what they were talking about and that's when i uh i realized you know i think i was in a cult and i started reflecting on it and eventually i was able to admit to myself that you know i i went through some stuff that i was a victim and when i was finally able to admit to myself that I was a victim, then I started my healing. And so I've spent the last several years just trying to raise awareness, especially when I moved back to Columbus uh, about 2018 from Southern Ohio uh, and West Virginia, uh, Huntington, West Virginia area. I uh, just, just started trying to spread awareness to let other people know that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to realize what you went through and the really hard part is just, you know, admitting to yourself that you were a victim, that you were suckered into it and to just be okay with that. There's nothing wrong with it. 
and and to try to keep as many people you know not quite stop them from entering i mean you're, you're free to choose that church if you want to but just to let them know what they're getting into before they go right all right joe you're next batter up all right uh so my my name is joe i uh Joined Xenos as a senior in high school, 1988, and uh, was a you know a full fledged uh, Xenoid until I left in 2005, late 2005, early 2006. Um, I was on staff full time and part time for most of my duration there, uh, and I got to work directly with a lot of the founders. Um, was a, you know, had some low level leadership roles in addition to being on staff. Um, and the reason I'm here is, you know, a, a lot, very similar to the others in that, um, I just kind of wanted to share my story as a means of hope for other people that are either considering leaving or if they're in Xenos and they feel a little discontent or weird. Um, and also for folks that have left. Uh, I think a lot of times you're when, well, while you're there, you're sort of indoctrinated to think that if you do leave, that it's be, it is a spiritual compromise at best. Uh, a lot of times you hear people literally saying that your life is going to pretty much fall apart if you leave, or if you're not in Xenos, you're not really walking with God, that kind of thing. Uh, and so when you leave, you know, a lot of people, myself included, believe these things. So when I left. Um, even though it was a, a good decision, my life didn't get better right away. You know, I, it took me some time to get my bearings and there really wasn't any uh, support directly related to that. I didn't have contact with other people that had left. Uh, I, I moved to Washington, D.C., which could have something to do with that. But um, so, you know, I just want to be like a voice of hope, a voice of reason and uh, something that maybe some people can relate to. All right. Last but not least, Colin, uh, welcome once again. I'm sorry I had to grab a, do a little technical tweaking in the background there. So go ahead, sir. Nope. I'm the closer. Um, <laughs> well, my name's uh, Colin Fitzpatrick. Um, I am what they would call a Xenos baby. So I've been in, I was in Xenos from 96 until 2020. Um and that's all I knew until these past three years. That's all I've known is Xenos everything. Um, mm. I grew up only knowing their teachings, their way of life, their viewpoints, their everything. I was completely sold on it up until probably about a year and a half to go, maybe two years. I was still sold on it after I left the church. So, I mean, it took a while for me to even get out of what I've learned since it's literally been my entire life and my parents have been in it for longer than I've been alive. I mean, they were in it since they were 25 years old, maybe even younger. And they're both in their sixties now and they just left this year. So Real, wow. they've been in it for a very long time. My sister was in it. I mean, we, my entire family grew up in this church. So that's all I've known and breaking away from that has been, a struggle, but it has been the probably biggest relief I've ever had in my life. 
I feel like I'm able to think for myself and speak for myself and actually make my own judgments on things and not what in their mind, what God and what Xenos wants for me. And so I'm very grateful to be able to be a part of this. And yeah, I guess that's, that's all I got for you. Cool. Great. So we got a really good cross section of people who've been in Xenos for a big portion of its operative time and been at all different kind of levels of things. So um, what are some of the things, and again, I, I, I don't want to dominate this, but what are some of the things that that's going on right now in the minds of people in Xenos right now? I mean, there's been a lot going on with regarding the, the dissension and people who are having uh, all kinds of uh, conversations like we are trying to raise the points are so so what what do you think is going on in xenos what, what's happening there what are some of the things that, that they might be might be worthy for them to really be thinking about right now and i'll let you guys you know speak to that and just uh, tell me what you what you think uh is happening and what uh what are you uh maybe hoping people will uh will come away with all this and anyone can chime in i'm i'm, I'm just gonna drink my water so <laughs> i think it's hard on one hand to answer that question because of the you know intense shunning losing your community you know losing my best friend um that I'm not in contact with people anymore I mean it at first when I left you know the leaders told people that they were not allowed to initiate contact with me and if I did try to talk with them, they just wanted, um, you know, to make sure that I was um, truly repenting in my heart um, and didn't, there was no sort of relational like interaction beyond just almost being on trial and everything I, I said, you know, being questioned. So I'm, from that sense, very removed from it. Like the only real <laughs> interaction I guess I've had more or less is just from, you know, with some of, well, with one of the elders, like after the Daily Beast article came out, you know, James Rochford, he wrote a response to it. And so the only words I got, you know, were his response to, you know, my portion of what I had said um, when I was interviewed for that article and it was just very, very dismissive. And, um, took the word right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yep. Yeah. And then otherwise it's, you know, stuff from, you know, the news or what, what you hear from, you know, there's a, a support group for, you know, ex members on Facebook and, you know, heard some things about like, people who recently left because they didn't like the response that Xenos had, but it's all, you know, secondhand information that I have other than what elders have, you know, mm -hmm. publicly posted. Mm -hmm. Right. So what should they be? Uh, what, what's some of those other sort of, uh, issues that all this that has gone on what what are some of those issues that that, that have been raised that people are, are probably thinking about now big time anyone want to swing at that one 
What you mean? Which people? The pe- folks that have left, or the folks that are still there? It could be both. If there oh, are people okay. staying, well, the, the people that are obviously there are invested, and they believe in that church. They they believe that that they that they are actually a bastion of 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 moral gravity and 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 central, you know, a foundation in their life. And so there's they've been having to hear a lot of very bad press. And so uh, I guess I guess I'm just quite curious. What do, what do you think is going on in their minds? Uh, those there, and then the leadership. Uh, what what would they might be saying as well? I mean, oh. I, I'm I'm just interested to hear what you think people are are, are saying about about all this controversy going on, whether they're they're in or out, uh, and oh. and, um, and what are what are some of the, some of the considerations that maybe they they should be should be thinking about. Uh, and I don't want to say should nobody nobody wants anyone to tell you what to think about. But what are some of the questions and some of the issues that I, I would hope that they would be considering? I can tell you exactly what they're thinking and saying in response to everything that's been going on. Um, it's what they've been saying for years when anything like this has kind of come to fruition. I mean, I was in the church when like the dispatch article and stuff like that came out that kind of started this whole movement of NBC4, Daily Beast, you getting involved, you know, all of these other outside sources. I mean, the dispatch was one of the more recent things before this huge, I guess, snowball effect, but everything that everyone always has said that this is good persecution. This is our way of being persecuted in the church. We're not being stoned. We're not being taken out of towns and thrown away like thrown into the street this is our way of persecution you know this is god telling us that we are doing a good job and that we need to keep doing what we're doing and so then on top of that you know the argument would be okay well what about these people that are saying that they were hurt and traumatized and damaged from this church well the answer has always been and probably still is because that's just how it is Um, is that, you know, the evil one has their grip on them. You know, this is just the evil one using them now in a new way to kind of take away people from God's good work. It's That is what it's always been. I mean, I, like I said, I grew up on this. I can, that's, that is guarantee you, that is what people are telling a lot of people in the church that are sold on it, is that this is good persecution and that it's the evil one's work on these people and they're trying to sway us away from what God is trying to do. And for the people that do leave, they're considered good pruning. They, that's what it is, is that these people were meant to leave so that the church can grow. And then their response has been, let's go to new states. Let's start something new somewhere else. And so they're taking this persecution as we need to leave to go somewhere else because God is showing us that we need to expand and get out of this market because there is a lot of persecution. And it's just like Paul traveling from city to city. They're trying to build up in new places, and so that is literally what they're doing. They are sold on that. Wow, sounds pretty familiar, huh, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's uh, it's so it's always like somebody who leaves and and expresses discontent. It's always well, they're just bitter, or you know, they, and and it's also uh, they're not walking with God anymore, um, or the or the the devil is you know, has this grip on them. They're lost to the world. Yeah. yeah. And this is good. Yeah. I mean, that was, I was in Xenos. There was a, a mass exodus in the early nineties 
where literally half the church left most of them went to the vineyard and it was the same thing you know it was there was never any intro introspection or wondering not not any sincere wondering what you know what what's our side of this where's our where's our opportunity to grow it's always just them bye guys you know you're thanks for leaving you're making our church better <laughs> it's what the pruning the pruning thing is basically that you know yeah 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 us versus them yeah yeah i've had a lot of, oh go ahead no no no, no you go right up I've had a lot of interaction. Um, I, these guys have heard it from our support group on Facebook, but anytime I post on my Instagram, I'm very outspoken on my Instagram. I don't know why that platform and on Facebook, just social media in general. I every now and then um, will just share something or, you know, Xenos will post something really deranged and I'll post it and kind of share how I think and just trying to get people to know about what's going on. And every time I've done that, I've either received like a text from an old mentor, like one of my old best friends. Um, and the texts have always, always been about them. It's always, Hey, it's the same message every time. Hey, you know, heard what you've been saying. I'm really sorry that you feel that way. Very much coming from the side of just, I think they're in denial. I think there are people that I've talked to who have been genuine and that's appreciated. But for the most part, I think, and I, I get being in denial, you know, when you're in, you realize your church is under this really harsh scrutiny, it's kind of scary because you're like, well, this is my life. So I get that. But I also just think it's weird that they're just trying so hard to, to tackle us down and chase us down and be like, Hey, I I know you're trying to share what you think, but this is what I think, and you're wrong, and you're bitter, you're in the world now, just all this stuff, you know. Sorry if I hurt you, but I didn't actually hurt you, and you're just very much that way. And the last message I received from someone is someone I don't really know, and she sent me like a five paragraph thing that was basically like an advertisement for the adult group. She was like, Hey, you know, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. I'm like, go away. No, no offense. Go away. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear about your amazing new home church, not to be mean, but it's the truth. You know, I, I'm happy that she is happy in her group. That's great for her, but I'm like, it's still, it's very much, I think they're trying to take our, our experiences and trample over it and just be like, because oh, no. that's, you know, I remember the email chain is just so horrible when you're in Xenos, they have this like big, not secret, but it's like a big insider email chain. And that's how everyone communicates and it gets really out of hand. Yeah. Um, and every now and then, like, I remember when the first Columbus dispatch article article came out, everyone was flipping out. And um, Conrad or someone said something. It was one of the elders, and they were like, this is what we're going to do. The strategy is we are just going to bombard the internet with our positive experiences. And I was like, that's not – that's so lame. <laughs> lame. That was Brian Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, one of them, I, I don't even remember their names. I've blocked them all out of my memory, but <laughs> – yeah, I think some people are scared, so they're in complete denial and they're trying to defend themselves. And I think other people are in denial and they're just 
not they're the bad eggs they're like no we're in denial this is amazing we're in utopia yeah yeah and just justin we we had a brief discussion a while back well not too far back in which you you raise a really excellent point about uh how it seems that part of uh Zionist's leadership's response to some of the controversy is just like ronnie's saying just making making people throw themselves at ex-members once again over and over try and basically trying to to, to to try to convince them that that things weren't really that bad that you really really you you didn't see it correctly but you know, if you come back well we're going to show you what it's really like and it's, it's basically a re-victimization people who have been traumatized and have left are being re are being stalked again by by xenos recruiters and 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 people within there because they know they perfect. They know really well how to manipulate these people, how to how to say the right words. And maybe you can comment a little more on that. Just you, you made some great points in a little off offline discussion we had. You're muted, Justin. Justin, you're muted. Is he, it's hard for me to see. Sorry, I've got <laughs> allergies, so I keep muting myself so I can cough and I forget to turn myself back <laughs> on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, was that the the discussion we were having where? Uh, or I said maybe we need a disclaimer or something that you know those of us that have been on the podcast are not uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh it, it was one with the well it was with you and Jessica were talking about it and we were and we were talking about maybe discussing that point. Yeah, you did mention a disclaimer. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's not giving permission for you to to contact us. Is that what it yeah is that the discussion we had? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say other than like what Ronnie was just saying. It's like, yeah, they'll they'll contact you, and they'll just well, I mean, I don't get contacted anymore. Not since <laughs> not since James stopped, you know, <laughs> stopped contacting me. But uh, uh, yeah, it's just wait, you're just mistaken, kind of thing. It's like we're we're still fantastic. We're still great. You just got it all wrong. You just need to see it from our point of view. And it's like, yeah. no, I don't need to see it from your point of view. I was in your point of view. <laughs> Every one of us was. We we all were, were 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 trained the same way. We all, you know, were told what to think. We were all we all practiced that. We we know what's going on. I don't know why they think those tricks work on us because yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah. It's like we were doing what they were doing at some time or another. So I'm like, I know how this works. I tried to recruit people. I know. We know all the tactics, you know. So yeah, it's like they only have one point of view, and we now have two, three, four different points of view here. I mean, we it's they're the ones that are in their narrow-minded you know, lane here and, and can't see the bigger picture. Which is funny because when I was in, one of their you know, biggest talking points was how, um, especially when they were talking about like prophecies, about how it's hard to see a mountain range when you're close up to it, or, or, or you no, know, when you're far back, you only see one mountain. When you get up close, you might you see multiple mountains. As like, well, they're so far back that they can only see one point of view. <laughs> it's like the forest for the trees analogy, I guess. <laughs> and you know. I may think very differently if people did contact me, but I've actually not had anyone contact me. And I, I'd honestly been hoping some people would 
like I just I miss so many of my friends like especially my best well who used to be my best friend and like I don't know I still have like dreams about her and miss her and just like I don't know but I don't know I just feel like a a leper <laughs> or something I don't know yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, there, are, there's, I, I think about people all the time that I would like to just hang out with, just you know, watch a movie with or something, you know, play a game, you know, go, throw, go to the park and throw a frisbee around or something. You know, the people that we we hung out with, we, you know, most of us lived with, yeah. that, that we don't get to see an, a, anymore. Yeah, I understand that completely. It's yeah, and, and, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Oh, okay thanks it's and it, the other thing is it's like when when i have seen people very well for one thing very few people have initiated with me hardly any and i've been out of xenos for oh, i'm i'm a little math challenged right now but so i left in 2005 so gosh you know going on 20 years and um and that's kind of a problem for me i mean these were people you know xenos talks about how they champion relationships and and uh but man when i left those all ended like ended and uh i mean i have one friend that we can actually have a normal conversation and he's a he's a really cool guy and i like hanging out with him when we hang out i don't feel like he's trying to manipulate me i don't feel like he's talking down to me I don't feel like he he's working from the assumption that I am a compromised person. Um, but I think a lot of times that's kind of the vibe you get from people that are still there, especially people that, you know, have a vested interest in maintaining power, like the elders or anybody on staff, Megan, which kind of, re I was thinking about what you said earlier about um, how you saw an elder's response to your contribution to the article in the daily beast. And, uh, you know, I've, I work for Billy Graham. I, I work with uh, Youth with a Mission. And in addition to that, I've done some personal, a lot of personal travels, visiting churches and just trying to learn from various churches and, and you know, edify my life through those varied experiences. And so I've seen a lot of churches and I've gotten to know a lot of pastors and leaders. And whenever the, you encounter a church that seems dysfunctional, it's always a top-down thing. You know, the people that go there, they're almost always, you know, cool, down-to-earth people with good hearts and good intentions. And I think that's the case with Xenos. Uh, you know, having having worked directly with the McCallums and some of the other leaders there, I formed a strong opinion that the core issue there is arrogance. And... Um, I mean, I hate to kind of call out specific names, but I do think it's a McCallum thing. I think it's come, I think it came right from Martha, who I got to work with quite a bit when she joined the college ministry in the early 90s. Um, I'm sorry, who's, so, um, I just wanted to ask, who's Martha? I've never heard of that. Martha That's is Dennis's Dennis's mom. Dennis's mom. And oh. when I was there, she was revered as sort of a, like an, a holy person. <laughs> That's the only way I could put it. I mean, I didn't, I knew of her years before I got to meet her and work with her, 
And so when I did meet her, I was sort of in awe of her and just, you know, kind of inti very intimidated actually. And, um, and the person I got to know, unfortunately, wasn't a godly person and was really smart, but uh, but turned used that intelligence to manipulate people, um, usually through, you know, making them feel bad about whatever decision that they're making that she didn't like. And uh, I think that she really, you know, raised her sons that way. And so it continues, uh, you know, that when when I've interacted with uh, when I've read things that the elders have have uh, released since this, you know, outpouring of, of uh, discontent it really reflects that same arrogance. You just see people concluding that, you know, yeah. they're not walking with God anymore. How can you possibly walk with God when you're not in Sinos, the best church? maybe in the world. And I, that's, that's not an exaggeration. I've heard elders say, this might be the best church in the, the country. Yeah, God told me personally, it's the best church ever. Yeah. I remember that was the first uh, red flag I noticed in it. Um, college <laughs> connection when they have the, I think juniors and seniors, at least seniors in high school come to kind of check out the college group before they would, you know, transition up. And then they're trying to convince them, you know, to uh, obviously stay in Xenos um, or now dwell or, you know, whatever they're changed their name to. Um, but uh, I remember Conrad was the main uh, speaker and he said, like, yeah, like the thing is, like, don't, you know, don't pick a school for academics, whatever. You obviously want to put God first. Um, also, most people change their major or they don't even have a career in what they major in. There's no point in picking a school for academics. Um, and consider <laughs> what we have here. Um, oh this is so unique. We've traveled all over the country trying to find another church like this one. Yeah. If you know of one, like, let us know. We're trying to find it, but we haven't found any out there. I mean, yeah. that's much verbatim saying we're literally the best church in the u.s so if you choose yeah. to move anywhere else you're choosing something else above god and right. they'd have people give these really manipulative yeah. testimonies you know freshmen of like yeah i was accepted into harvard but then i decided it was more important for me to follow god so i stayed here and my life is great and like every year there's one like that that was the yeah Yep. The first one. And um, I remember, you know, being jarred by that because I I joined Xenos after I graduated from college and I, you know, went to a different school in a different city and knew for a fact that you can follow God in another city, in another church. And, you know, I thought it was controlling, but at the same time, I was so invested and remember thinking, well, you know, there's no church that's perfect. Like there's, there have always been things I've disagreed with and, you know, it, like any group I'm part of. And so, you know, I took it as like, well, I disagree with, with this, but you know, I don't remember if I was already living in the ministry house or just about to move in, but oh, so easy to, um, overlook it and, uh, not take the big red flags. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy that you say that because they were doing the like Xenos is better than every other church thing for even younger than that. Because in the high school group, 
um, every year, well, at least when I was in the high school group, they did this thing every year where they would do church visitation trips. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did that in leadership training class. Yeah. I feel like it's the same, but continue, sorry. So, yeah, so it's, you know, they would, every year, so they would pick a, yeah. Um, yeah. a state or a city to go to, and they would map out, like, mm. five to ten churches, depending on how many they could do, like, in that time frame. And they would pick the, like, more spiritual of, like, these select high school groups that were recommended by their high school group leaders to go on this trip run by Brett McCallum and, I think, a couple other, like, volunteer college group leaders. And we would go to these different states. So, like, for example, I was chosen to go um, my senior year, and we went to Pittsburgh. And we visited probably about six or seven churches. And then at the end of all of it, um, we did a ranking system. And so we wrote down every church on this whiteboard in Xenos at the end of it. And we wrote down and we went through like, how was their service, their fellowship, the, you know, how was the teaching? Like, you know, what, what different aspects of it, of like, you know, different things that you would want to break down. And we ranked it from one to 10 and, Every single time we got down to Xenos, everybody was saying 10, 10, 10, 10. And so Xenos <laughs> ranked number 10 in everything. And we were better than all these other churches every single time, except for when it came to like hymns, because we don't sing at Xenos. <laughs> we were always blown out of the park for like performance, but like we always made fun of that. And so. I mean, we did that. And also, it was never, like, announced to these churches that we were coming. It was very hush-hush. And if people started asking us where we're from, we, like, I remember multiple times we, like, ran out of these churches after the, like, sermons were over to leave because people were on to us because they recognized Brett. And so we had to leave as fast as we could. And it was, like, it was so weird. But we thought it was so fun because we're all in high school. So, I mean, like, you have freshmen to seniors in high school going and doing these trips every single year ranking these churches in different states i mean it was absurd like thinking back on it now i'm like why did i do this i can't even believe i spent four days in pittsburgh with all these people just basically telling myself the xenos is better in every single way yeah can can i share a story real quick yeah go ahead sure it was right when the right after we got the new building where they currently are the elders, the church paid for the elders to go travel like for a, at least two or three weeks around the country visiting churches and to come back and share their experience, right? And and by this time, I, you know, I'd been a Christian for almost 10 years and I'd done lots of traveling and I'd visited lots of churches and I always developed friendships and I learned things and my walk with God was better as a result, you know? Because different churches have different emphasis and you go someplace, they sing a lot. I, I learn how to sing a lot and, and it's a great, it's a great time. My walk with God improved. So I, I was thinking they were going to come back and have the same thing. Like, wow, we met these people and they were so cool. And they taught us some new things about Jesus. And we're going to, we're going to try to adopt this and this and the other. Instead, it was the exact opposite. And I was shocked because I was, you know, it's not what I was expecting. And I remember Dennis using a word pitiful to describe other churches several times and then going on to just talk about how great Xenos was and how lucky we are to have, have it, you know? Yeah. I was like, how about my money? 
you need to refund the church, man. <laughs> you don't have to travel to be arrogant. You can just do it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You guys could have just stayed and you would have had the same conclusion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What we did was okay, definitely different in leadership training class. Um, we didn't travel outside the city, but it would just be visit to you know, local churches, but pick ones that are really different from Xenos just to kind of, you know, get an idea on differences between churches, but then they would recommend going to churches that, you know, we would find obvious faults with to, so it wasn't really to learn about other churches. It was to go, wow, we have it together and look at these folks because, you know, almost everyone went to World Harvest where literally they're just up there, give me your money. I'm not joking, but the pastor who was up there told a story about how he yesterday, the day before he was listening to one of his sermons and he was crying because he was so moved by his own sermon. The Lord, not me. And I'm just like, holy crap. So it's like, you know, you send people places like that. Rob Parsley, Rob Parsley, World Harvest. Yeah. 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 One of the same. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, you send everyone there and you're about to think, wow, yeah, Xenos has it together. Like this guy's crying, listening to his own sermons and like telling everyone about it. And also saying, buy this book. It's been lauded as the best book in the United States about this topic. I wrote it. Like literally, that's what he said. Like it's, I mean, but yeah, so that's, that was the let's learn about other churches, like version that Xenos had. Do you remember when you said uh, you were talking about they said something like, if you can find a better church than Shane. And I was thinking like, uh, and then we'll find what's wrong with it. Because mm-hmm. that's really what they're good at. They're great at finding what's wrong with other people. What's crazy is if anyone did that to Xenos, they would flip out. I mean, and they would be like, how dare you come? to us and do exactly what we do to you guys (laughs) people do that yeah and like i remember Raphael. i don't know how to call it um forget i think you wrote like a piece you published a piece and then dennis kind of clapped back and quoted everything you said and had like something to say underneath it was brutal i felt I, I have yet to respond to that. I haven't had time, but I'm ready. But yeah, I know. Well, I, but at the very, very end, after he's having the biggest, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be candid, the biggest tantrum on earth. And at the very end, he goes, and by the way, we are open to criticism. We would love nothing more than, and I'm like, that's what, that's what Raphael did. And he did it in a mature way. It was his opinion, you know? And they just, they were a bunch of crybabies about it. I have, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they were. I was like, this is so immature, embarrassing for your life and soul that you published this. We're open to criticism as long as it's not critical. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. We're open to pre-approved and censored criticism. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll see. This Love is man, it's just people you can't stand, right? Right. <laughs> My thing is I've never actually heard them say that we're open to criticism. I've always heard that they're open to be fact-checked on their teachings. Oh, there you That's go. That's my thing. Is oh, that no. it's always what I'm preaching, I want you to fact-check me on. I have never once ever actually heard anybody say, 
we're open to the criticism about how we run things. I've only ever heard how we teach things. Oh yeah. So it's, I don't even know if they even open that door for people to let them criticize them. (laughs) That's that's true. They do. They kind of disguise it. They're like, yeah, we're open to you telling us that you really think we're really good at what we do kind of basically is how they say it. (laughs) Right. Right. And if you do say that, they will never forget it. Like, like William Lane Craig, like praised one small thing in the church, like 20 years ago. And it was on the (laughs) website forever. (laughs) It's like banner quote. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what they haven't ever explained is what is why, uh, uh, one of the speakers of the the Xenon Summer Institute from last year that we had, that we contacted about their involvement with them, uh, why they mysteriously vanished from uh, from the agenda, and why they suddenly decided not to not to attend. They, they didn't discuss it. They just said he wasn't going to be able to make it. And so uh, we haven't really discussed that much either. We 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 made mention of it on our on our blog uh, more. That's that's where most are. But uh, but stuff like that they kind of roll off, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just about duck off, uh, water off a duck's back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to you don't want to question their doctrine, man. That's their that's their holy grail right there. Their mm-hmm. doctrine and their teaching, and they'll lock mm-hmm. horns with you on any sort of theological debate, man. They're eager to do that. Yeah, and which and, and I haven't even started that because my main issue I've made all along and will continue to make until like, Jesus comes where I drop dead first. Say it doesn't matter how orthodox you sound when you treat people like crap, when you grind them into dirt, when you treat them like like they're like 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 you said, Meg, like lepers. When you treat people like that stuff, it doesn't matter what you're how pure you think you're you have a, a theological muster you can you can pass. Jesus says something a little, a little more substantial about that. When he talked about the parables of the sheep and the goats, and the goats say, "Well, wait, 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 wait. We we want to get to heaven, Lord. Remember that part of the verse." He says, "Uh, he says, wait, all you workers of iniquities." And he says, "And the judgment day, that's what he would say to them." And and what they say, "Uh, oh, but Lord, didn't we do great works for you? Didn't we uh, do great papers for you? Didn't we do great? Didn't we do great uh, theological treatises concerning you and and the Christological nature of Christ?" Uh, before the manger, I mean, didn't we do all these great things for you? And he said, "I never knew you. Get out of here, you workers of iniquity." Oh, don't that, forget, that to uh, me is a big is a big bell bellwether when you talk about yeah. whether somebody's going to make it or not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm preaching, Gav. Oh, you got you got to throw in there. Didn't we win all kinds of theological debates with other people? Hey, Raphael, are you holding a copy of the summons? I sure am. <laughs> oh. Wow. I sure am. I read that when it came out, man. One of the worst novels ever. <laughs> yeah. It was uh maybe my uh, does everybody know about the summons here? I mean everybody in Xenos I'm sure knows about it. Yeah. Joe, I'm gonna let you be the man. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be your, your I'll be your uh, letter turner for you. <laughs> this is actually a novel written by Dennis McCallum in the nineteen nineties. So yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've I've seen it on the shelves. I've never read it. It don't waste it's just time. one of those things. It's like in every ministry house, but I don't know anybody that can talk about it. Do not waste your time. <laughs> the small fellowship of Christians on campus needed powerful help to overcome the forces of evil among them. Although Sherry was new to the faith, 
a secret strength began to build within her. And as the dark forces launched their most diabolical attack, she was summoned to the battle. Dennis McCallum's novel is about a Christian college group. Does that sound predictable in some way? I mean, if you, if, I think if you, I think somebody sent it to me. I've been meaning to read it, but I, I've been reading off and on. But everything you guys have been through is here. I mean, it's, it's just a playbook <laughs> yeah. of us right here. It really is. <laughs> And, is it an instruction no. manual that's written like fiction? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Joe, why, why, what was the reaction? I mean, what, what were they doing in, in Xenos with this book? Were they making it like a like a like a ten part study or something? What were they doing with? It? I never actually heard of it while I was in Xenos. I remember reading a post about it in the ex Xenos support group on Facebook, like years after leaving but like no one mentioned that when i was in xenos i don't know if at the point i was there people thought it was so embarrassing that they pretended it didn't exist but i just yeah. know the excerpts that i saw in the post were uh quality <laughs> i don't know it was it was it was yeah mark twain once described the book of mormon it's chloroform in print this is fentanyl <laughs> In print. <laughs> awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Wasn't it about how this the male leader was like he was just like so attractive and so awesome that people wanted to follow God because of him? And then I think the idea was he was writing that yeah. maybe yeah. with the idea that that was him in it. Oh, or, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I don't know. I just it was it just sounded like the worst romance novel ever. <laughs> Did he mean this to be, you know, semi-autobiographical or oh, it's completely autobiographical, man. And even the names, I mean, he's there's a there's a we've changed these names uh uh that you know thing at the in the beginning, but hardly any. Like Sherry, I know exactly who he's talking about, and her name is Sherry. <laughs> You're right, Sherry's a name in here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like, yeah. like the, the gargoyle on it, is that supposed to be like uh, yeah, but... Sparling Hall or something at OSU? Or It's a gargoyle overlooking the where the arena is at uh, in, in the campus. See, so that, that's okay, always... I wonder if that's like Sparling Loving Hall then, because it's got like gargoyles and chess pieces and stuff along the... the really? Room. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 14 slip. So there you go. What can I say, you know? <laughs> so it's even OSU that's on the cover. <laughs> that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, uh, but... Uh, it says something about the ego of somebody. I mean, just how much of that man's um, influence uh, is is just so endemic to the whole enterprise. I mean, to me, I'm thinking, look, I, I'm a minister and I believe in the church. I believe in Christian faith and evangelism and church playing and being innovative, yada, yada, yada. I believe in that stuff. But really, everything I've seen, whatever what you folks have shared, is that there's only one person, there's only one chief among the tribe there, and it's not Jesus. It's Dennis McCallum and his legacy. That's what he wants. And that's a, and ultimately what all cult leaders want. They want an immortality that they can create themselves, where they can, where they can negotiate and narrate. I mean, they ne negotiate their own narrative, their own, uh, how they look. And... Uh, there's so many people in Xenos bound by that. I mean, and, and these are the people who are who are now uh, struggling with this behind all the all the circled wagons that Xenos has been throwing up. So um, 
I mean, what, what are some of the things you can say to people that, that are in such lost in such hero worship? Uh, what, what, what are some of the things that, that they might want to think about? It's like, like, like to me on the outside looking in, I mean, any man that beats up on his wife uh, and, and lies about it is someone that just needs to be looked at a little closer. I mean, what are some of the things you guys might think about that or the institution itself? I think, well, I don't know if this quite answers the question. I just kept thinking about how brutal and weird it was. They loved to do, so we had cell groups, um, which was like men's, women's small group on a Friday or whenever. There was different times, different days, but it was meant to be like ministry house, committed people only, kind of secret, not secret group. Um and we would do like a 10 week study on his books and the other in like the other leaders books. And it was just exhausting because you're for weeks and weeks and weeks, you are just reading the book, picking apart everything. Sometimes every now and then there'd be like a good point, but it was mainly just worshiping every word that they would say. And it was just really hard and honestly kind of boring It'd be, I mean, it would be weeks, sometimes even like we spent like two months, three months just going through one book. Um, so they love, I don't know if that answers the question, but they do that a lot. Um, no, it does. Like, why aren't we reading from the Bible? You know, I, the Bible's one thing, but why are we so focused on these books? And because this is just one man's opinion. Right. And, and just completely digesting everything and making sure we knew everything and it was it was just exhausting and weird and confusing sometimes. Yeah, I mean it wasn't just that in leadership training class LTC. Yeah, the, they handed out their books like candy. Mm. You know, it's like you had to read this book. Here's their book. This is what these first couple weeks are going to be on. Is this book? We need you to read through this many chapters and then write like a your opinion on it and your takeaway from it and what did you learn from it? I mean that was. The first like two or three, I think every single LTC, they gave you one of their books. You would always get a book. You would either get Dennis's book or Rochford's book. You, I mean, they they passed them out and they had you do reports on them for the first couple of weeks. And then they would move on to something else and talk about other topics. Mm-hmm. But it's always been the same thing. Yeah, I agree with Ronnie on that. With They focused a lot more on how can we build up and continue to kind of solicit what our elders are saying more than what God is saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about books that were written by Xenos Dwell authors. Correct. Okay. Like Dennis McCallum and James Rochford. Those were the books that they had handed out. They handed out discovering God. Yeah. Um, Satan and his kingdom. Evan. Uh, Oh, why I forget Rochford's books. I just remember those two because they handed those out more than once was Satan in this kingdom and discovering God, which are both written by Dennis McCallum. I've I've still got a copy of Satan in his kingdom and I've still never read more than the first chapter, but I've always joked that I don't know what this book's about, but by the title, I think it's an autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) Raphael, I think, you know, there's, when you ask that question, it's kind of, like what do people need to know about the leadership at Xenos? And, you know, I feel tempted to sort of uh, launch into sort of character assessment. 
vaccination and maybe recount some of the terrible unsavory things I've heard from from Dennis and from other leaders there. Um, some you know, really vulgar. <laughs> they're not they're not scared to get really vulgar. But um, I mean, even I've I've been around campfires where elders would talk about them their wives in a way that man, if I heard someone talk about my wife that way, I'd punch him. But uh, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. I, maybe for me, it's like the most important thing is. Is there a sense of love and acceptance there? You know, what's the what's the verse about um, loving even the least of one of these, like the like the weakest person? How do you treat the weakest person? And that's how good your church is. And the thing about Xenos is that your value there is completely dependent on the leadership's perception of your contribution to their mission. Correct. Right. So you're, you're supposed to be effective. You're supposed to be um, obedient. Martha used to teach on obedience all the time. And now, now I kind of see why, but uh, you know, so, and if you're somebody who's struggling and if they, they think that those struggles are either a threat to the church or are hindering your effectiveness for a long enough a period of time, you will be shunned and, and maybe not necessarily disciplined, but people are going to approach you with the assumption that you're compromised or you are, you know, not worth the investment. There's not going to be the return on investment for their time. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, what, when you ask like, what do people need to know? It's like, well, how, how loved do you feel by these people? when you interact with them or do you feel more like a cog or an employee who has a performance review and, you know, benchmark expectations. And are you meeting those expectations? Are you meeting them fast enough? And it's all about your own assessment of people. Like that's the arrogance. It's like, I can assess you. And that's my job as a Christian leader is to assess you and encourage you to love and good deeds by telling you just how much you're failing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think of any more tiring and probably more traumatic than to be continually treated like you're a work in progress. You can't be accepted just for who you are. Right. You can't be, you can't be loved and met right where you are. And then your friendships are all based upon that. Yep. Not just acceptance. Not the not the simple love that Christ commands us to to to, to shed to others by His Spirit. It, that's not there. It's something else entirely different. But you're taught and you're believing that this is this is this is the Spirit of God. When it's just really, you know, sentiment. You know, I mean, I, I hear these brutal stories of how people are are disfellowshipped and treated. And uh, like I said, I, I still go, my mind goes back to the, the, one of the first people I, I met in Columbus that had had, had she had been in a, in a, in a, in a, she was disfellowshipped after basically confessing, you know, to having, having been sexually active, which I'm sure none of you, that's never happened to you. And, and you, she confessed to that. And then she had to get this, de- this detailed account of what she did, who she did, when she did it with, I'm like going, What's the where's the verse in the Bible where it says you gotta confess like that to a group of people? Where is that at? And there's a whole church, fifty years of tradition, Joe. Isn't that right? Fifty years now? Fifty years of this church built upon that kind of relational dynamic and it's embedded in there. And I'm just wondering, you know, how 
how do how do people free themselves from it? Colin, why why did your why did your parents leave? They saw what happened to my wife and I. They they tried to do their own thing for a very long time in the adult group, and then they were forced to co-lead with people, and they didn't see eye to eye. And then because my parents were the ones that were in butting heads with these co-leaders, they were removed from leadership and from the servant team and all the, they were removed, they were stripped of all their titles, basically. And because of that, they were pretty beaten down. They had to change home churches. And then they'd already been hearing from my wife and I how everything was kind of a lie. And we had been just baited along, manipulated, tortured. I mean, we were, it, it is basically torture. I mean, you torture yourself doing the things that they want you to do. You're jumping through hoop after hoop after hoop, even though they tell you, you know, you can come to God as you are, come to us as you are. But when it comes, when it gets down to it, you're not, you have to perform and be exhausted for them to view you as someone that's acceptable in their church. And so my parents yeah. saw that and eventually they got fed up because they started to see that finally, because I, I mean, my wife and I had opened their eyes to really pay attention to what was going on around them. And they saw the same stuff happening to them. Now that they weren't these leaders that kind of were able to do what they wanted to do. They were now these workers, these people in these home churches that didn't have any power anymore. They started to see what it's really like to be under somebody's rule. And they got out. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what do led think, them. Do you guys think there's a lot of people in Xenos struggling with that kind of doubt and just, they just gloss it over and Absolutely. make it perfectly invisible? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna lose everything, like your whole community. Um, and not just like you're losing the friendships, but all the people you're closest to, the people whose opinions you value are now going to talk about you as, oh, she walked away from God. She chose this over God. And, you know, she didn't, you know, want, want this enough. And that is, and even if you're not consciously thinking that it's, you know, it's like this um, ever present threat, you know, that's there. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, and then just the pressure. And even before, you know, when, like at the beginning, when I was doing well and was, I don't know, considered, I don't know, good, at least ish at ministry and whatnot. And I was getting some more and more, you know, whatever responsibility or trust or uh, praise from others in the group. Um, there still was just so much pressure. I mean, people are so competitive with ministry and then like, you better have something to report every week at prayer group, you know, in terms of what you're doing, there better be a new person you're talking to, reaching out to, like, if you don't have something to share about your own personal ministry at prayer group, it's almost, it's almost the idea of why are you there? And I know at one point I just got really anxious about praying out loud in the larger prayer group when it was like the 
of like the really dedicated workers, you know, men and women combined before we broke into cell groups. Mm. Um, because, you know, you're praying for an hour straight. Um, I have really bad ADHD. Every, <clears throat> the vast majority of the time I was paying attention. Every once in a while, my mind wandered a little bit. Even if my mind only wandered for like a single minute in that whole hour, I would then be so anxious. Oh my goodness, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to pray about something that someone already prayed about during that minute my mind wandered. And then everyone's going to know my mind wandered. And then I would just be like, or, you know, you start talking the same time another person starts talking anyway. So I was just a little anxious about it. And then my discipler told me, you know, I'm going to talk with the other, you know, leaders of the home church, because I think, you know, if people are coming to prayer group and they're not praying, that we should kick them out of prayer group. Um, <laughs> and I was like, holy F. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. <laughs> like, I have to make sure I pray out loud at least once every prayer group, or they're going to kick me out of this. And I'm just thinking, like, I am fully, like, listening. I am praying along with others. Like, I considered that active involvement in a prayer group. But then it was basically, okay, make sure to try and say something like toward the beginning so that you didn't accidentally repeat someone because you know how like everyone would snicker a little when someone would repeat the same thing someone else had already said. And Mm -hmm. I'm not excluding myself from that because it'd be like, oh my goodness, were you listening? You like think that in your head, which obviously is judgmental, but you know, anyway, I was just like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, prayer groups could be brutal. It got to the point where it wasn't even about praying anymore. It was about everyone showing up. Look at me. I'm the most committed. I have this. I mean, and you can really tell. You can, you know, it doesn't take a genius to sit around and kind of read the energy of the room. And people would pray. And I'm like, that was genuine. Uh, Because we're all human. It's really hard. Even if you don't have ADHD, sitting there in silence for an hour you know, it makes you self-conscious. You're jam-packed in this crappy little house and whoever's house it was and everyone, it's sweaty and hot. Like there's so much to think about. And yeah, the snickering, I mean, I think, yeah, I was guilty of that too, of course, because you you get in that mentality and you're like, well, other people are snickering. I'm going to snicker too. But it's really sad to look back and just be like, you know, no, they have no compassion for people with um, disorders or whatever you want to call it, such as mental illness or stuff like ADHD Mm -hmm. or any of those kinds of things, they have zero compassion. It's like, oh, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But even then they're like, well, it's all on you. And that means you need to show up and just, you have to try extra hard to pay attention. If you're not, then that, that really says a lot about you or, you know, you're sitting there letting your anxiety get the best of you. And I'm, it's like, well, yeah, the anxiety, because people are laughing, you know, mm-hmm. or even after prayer groups, um, I'm not a namer, but we had a couple people in our group that were like me, had ADHD, and people were not, people were very unkind. We had a guy that would occasionally re- be like, repeat a prayer. And I always like, I feel you, man, like, uh, you know, like, it's hard to keep up. And afterwards like a lot of our girls would make fun of him or make fun of anyone and be like can you believe so and so they weren't paying attention and I'm like it's just very it's very high school um it's the bullying I mean and this is all for a prayer group imagine you know (laughs) afterwards you have cell group where it just gets 
worse, completely worse. And it's, yeah, Megan, you have a lot of good points. Her group is something I don't miss from that environment. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting so triggered just, you know, hearing this. I'm just, there's so many bad memories, especially the the whole, you know, why are you even here thing that, that you were saying, Megan. It's like, I, I've heard, like, one of my worst memories in, in Xenos is, one of my friends at, at the beach, she was on the verge of, of, she couldn't decide whether or not she should leave or, or stay behind or, 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 I mean, stay with the group or, I mean, she was really on the verge there. And I, I just remember, you know, since he's an elder, I'm going to drop his name is Chris Hardy, just standing in our, our house, just pointing out the window at her saying, what the is she even doing here? She doesn't belong here. This isn't this isn't a vacation. This is your commitment to God, you know. And it just it just screaming, and it, it's just. And this was my friend he was talking about, you know, somebody that I cared about, and yeah, I, I mean, and and even you know, with prayer, like like nothing about prayer group is organic. Nobody went there to pray. It was gossip. It was a gossip circle, is what it was, and 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 it was it was a hazing ritual more than anything it wasn't prayer and i remember if you didn't have anything to pray it's like people would come it's like okay well i've been talking to god and he wants me to tell you that, that it's like, what do you what do you mean like what do you mean god wants you to to tell me what i need to be doing what how i need to commit myself more how who i need to be reaching out to like you're, you're claiming divine intervention on me it's like god didn't come to me to tell me yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> it's a I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sorry that I'm that I'm yelling and I'm upset now, but I'm, I mean, this really upset me hearing this again. This yeah, is stuff I haven't even thought about in a while. Horrible. Yeah. I'll yeah, tell you what, Justin. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Raphael. No, no, no. I'm just listening. I'm just saying. I'm I'm agree with him. I know it's been rough. It's rough to listen to all this stuff. It really is. But go ahead. I mean, you speak to that, guys. Oh, well, I was just gonna say that for the beach trip thing, my my beach trip was was always very different from what you described. It was the exact opposite of godly. Every every single beach trip was very much like uh, a free pass to like for sin basically is what I felt. It was like you could drink as much as you want. You can go out with all your friends and you know everybody was in these like it was like the free pass for like the dudes to be able to lust after the girls cuz they were always all in the same house as you and they're all dressed all in bikinis, you know, because if we were in, if we were in Columbus, it would be just so frowned upon and the girls would be called sluts and this, that, and the other thing if they were in bikinis. But once we're at the beach, it doesn't matter what, it, it doesn't matter. Girls can dress however they want. Dudes can look at the girls however they want. It was very much like a free pass for everybody yeah. to just kind of do what they wanted to do. Yeah, the double standard. Yeah, that, that was the same thing with mine too. Which just this particular instance, it was he wanted her gone, so he was just going to bad mouth her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you're you're right. There's a lot of things that went on at the beach that were that was acceptable only at the beach. But and and some of the worst things I'd ever heard came from my time at the beach. Like absolutely. Like like Raphael, you you've uh, I know I've I've said I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast, but and you've tried to coax it out of me a little bit. But I mean. My first time actually, you know, one-on-one with Dennis McCallum, well, one-on-one, I was with uh, Chris and James. They invited me to, you know, hang out with them because uh, Dennis was coming over. But they were telling me about this debate that he was with, and he had a, a female opponent. 
And all he did is just over and over again, kept repeating that stupid F and C. I hate that stupid F and C over and over again. And I mean, that was my interaction with him. And like, this is the, the founder of our church, the leader of our church. Yeah. This is why I was never impressed with him. Why I never had like this worship for him that everybody else seemed to is because he, he, I like, I don't even know why. I, well, I know why I stayed in that church as long as I did. It's because, you know, we were all hostages. But, right. it, but I mean, years ago, I should have left. Right. I, I should have never got to the point where they kicked me out. I should have left because right. of this. <laughs> right. One of the things I'm so scared about is wondering, like, would I have left on my own if I wasn't excommunicated, you know? Yeah. Um because I know initially when I was excommunicated, my goal was to come back. Like I remember right after that, you know, discipline meeting, and then, you know, they voted and I came back in and met with the female leaders and they're like, yep, voted to kick you out. And I'm like, all right, well, how am I supposed to use this to like grow in my relationship with God? What does it look like in terms of me coming back? Like in terms of time frame or steps? And they're like, what? We're surprised. Like, why? oh, we never heard of anyone talking about wanting to come back like immediately or whatever. And they didn't have like much to say and there wasn't anything concrete, but why am I even, oh, I forget even why I started this train of thought, but um, hmm. being afraid to go back, even being excommunicated or wanting to go back. Oh yeah. So I wanted to go back, but I just wonder like if I hadn't been excommunicated, would I still be a member today? Like, you know, I never was on the other side of a discipline meeting. If I had attended my own discipline meeting as a voter or whatever, judger or whatever, you know, what would my response have been? And it's one of those things, you know, you hear about the, what is it? You know, that, that prison experiment, the Prince. Stanford prison, prison experiment. Yeah, that one. Sorry. Yeah. They call it the Zimbardo effect. Yeah. And I just, you wonder, cause you want to think that wouldn't be me or the, you know, the experiment with the pain, the person saying, oh, administer more pain when it's a lethal like level and the people just do it because authority says so. And you want to say, I wouldn't do that. I'd be the person who would be ethical and, you know, whatnot, but it's, it's so hard because what would I have, what would I have done if I was on the other end of the discipline meeting or if like I had been really, you know, if one of my really close friends had been disciplined out and had, you know, expressed, you know, similar types of trauma to what I expressed, um, how would I take that? You know, would I be saying, oh, the person chose other things over God, the person's not walking with God, this person's deluded, or I don't even know all of what, you know, they exactly think about me. But it's, it's scary, because I don't, I don't know if I would have left, I want to say I would have on my own. Like, I I wish I chose, like, I chose to leave, you know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I wish I would have chose to leave too. And 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 I, I think about it all the time. It's like, would I still be there now? And the answer is probably. Mm-hmm. Like, right. like if I was never told that I had to leave or I never went through it, I mean, I never did go through a, a discipline meeting. I was just told you're not welcome. You got to leave. But I mean, if, if I hadn't been kicked out, would I still be there? And, and probably, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was 
blind. Right. We all we all had blinders on, and, and and we were all held emotionally hostage. And and you know your whole life is there. Everybody you know is there. Like you you've not been allowed to talk to your family in months. So I mean, it's not like you know any of your friends outside you still have because you know if you right. had them. I mean, like like Colin said, you were born into it. I, I assume that all your friends were you know from Calumet and whatnot. But, oh yeah, yeah. So I. I would I still be there? And I, I have to say, yeah, probably. If if do, do you think though by state I understand you guys have been through some pretty awful things. I mean it's very obvious. But do do you do you feel somehow guilty for having stayed? I mean you didn't know any better. That that's that's my 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 my, my only thing I could say to that is that if I'm allowed to say anything, is that look, you know, you guys didn't know better. You were led to believe that these were the most virtuous and honorable people of God that you could ever associate with. So when they led you into some pretty awful crap and made and made you part of the machine, you didn't know better. You you believe their choice your choices were entirely circumscribed by that conditioning. And, no, and yet, Rob, if you had Rob, more data, Rob, yeah, maybe you could have broke free, but but you didn't. Raphael, I, I the thing is is I did know better and I still went with it. I, I did know better, and I still ignored every red flag. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I I look back on my years there, and I think I can think of specific instances where I was just treated really poorly. And I I look back and I thought, man, I should have left then. How, why did I keep coming back? I mean, leaders were literally calling me stupid and insulting me. How how could I have gone back to that? Mm. And and, you know, the answer to that question could either have compassion or it can have judgment. And right. <laughs> one thing that I, the most freeing thing I've learned since I've left Xenos is that essentially there's nothing wrong with me. You know, when you're there, it's that idea that they use against you subtly. There's something wrong with you. And we're here to help you grow. And if you leave, it's because there's something wrong with you and you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's false. There's nothing wrong. You, you, I mean, you can look back on, on these things with judgment or compassion. And since I've chosen compassion, it's just lifted up. I feel a lot better. And I just feel more accepted. And it took years for me to get there. It probably took about seven years for me to actually have a sincere, positive thought about myself. And I remember where I was when it happened. And, uh, you know, thank God that it did because uh, it started a, it just exponentially grew like, wow, I have a positive thought about myself. And it just, they just kept happening. And, you know, and it just pains me to hear, I, Megan, you you referred to yourself as feeling like a leper. And man, that's just, you're not, there's nothing wrong. Just, there's nothing wrong with the way you handled that stuff. There's nothing wrong with any, you know, you don't have to feel like you're in a deficit because you're not. Right. And that's really my hope for people that, that leave, they can free themselves because when you leave, you're, you know, when I left, I was, I was so hurt and confused that I, I didn't really want to go back, but it took 18 years to get that hurt. 
you know, yeah. but I know so many people like Megan, when they leave, they're like, okay, I got to get back because that's the right thing to do. No, you know, maybe someplace else is better for you. Yeah. You know, right. When, when, when they let me go, I always said that was the biggest favor they did for me. was when they, 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 they kicked me out. And, and, and I just, I think about it. You know, it's a quote fight club. You know, when it comes to that church, it's once you've lost everything, you're you're free to do anything. Yeah, yeah. And what, once your your ties are cut from that church, you're free to start healing. Mm. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're bondage. Otherwise, you're in bondage. You you don't know what to think. You don't know what's right or wrong. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. Go ahead. Was it you, Ryan, or Megan? I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. So. Oh, um, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I I was just going to say a, a small thing about, because I don't want to, well, I, the, the point of this is for us to talk and it's going to be triggering and hard, but I don't want to hone too much in on the dis, the discipline meetings because it, it's truly yeah. traumatizing stuff. Right. For everyone involved, especially, I want to be careful with my words because I, I don't know what it's like to be kicked out or asked to leave. So I, I can't even imagine the pain of that. Um, but another thing is there's the guilt of having participated in that. Um, I cry every time I think about um, participating in a discipline meeting, like the act of raising your hand and voting to kick someone out. And looking back, I don't, I didn't even agree. I just was, it's so scary and I know that it's not anything compared to what it was like to probably have to sit up there and be voted to kicked out, but yeah, just the guilt that you carry and being, why would I ever do something like that for, and I'm not going to share what that person did obviously, but looking back, it was just a blip. It was what they did was, it wasn't wrong at all. It was just a human being, a human being. And to think, that us as a group, we have the audacity to sit there and go, you know, get out, raise your hand. We don't want you here. And, yeah. and to be told you cannot ever talk to this person. is right. just right. It's so inhumane. It's so right. dark. Mm -hmm. It's so evil. And it, right. I have nightmares and, you know, I'm sure you guys have nightmares about it too. Right. Oh, it's just awful. And, 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 and sadly, that's, that's the legacy that Xenos is leaving for untold thousands of people. Yeah. And, and, and it's got nothing to do with, with Christian liberty or freedom. It's got everything to do with human control. You were right. conditioned to do all feel that way and treat people that way. When every one of you knew deep down inside, that's this isn't right. This isn't the way it should be. But you went along because you trusted. You thought. Right. No, There's no. something good about it. Yeah, Ronnie, I'll, I'll tell you why why you raised your hand and voted. You raised your hand and voted because it was theater. Everybody in there had to do it because if you didn't, you were going to be the next one in the middle of that circle. Mm, yeah. Oh, and the letters that they have you come together and write letters or prepare a speech. And I would say maybe one speech that we heard was genuine. It was just, you know, you're hurting and we want to help you. And all the other speeches it was total it was fake it was theatrics it was all about them and not about the person in this horrible spotlight it was yeah. all about 
is very yeah. selfish. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 peer pressure and mm -hmm. when you have something like ADHD too, I'm sure you guys can understand it's stuff like boundaries and trust gets really muddy. <laughs> Um, cause our brains are a little different. And so yeah. looking back, I just think it, and they knew, they knew I, we had a couple people who were like me. Um, we had a young woman who had a little bit of a learning disability and just looking back at the control, you know, making sure that we felt pretty much brainwashed and would, you know, they, I, you know, I, and not just our group, but I've heard other groups act like too, where they're like, we got to make sure the vulnerable people are going to vote yes and yeah. it's just so yeah yeah it's not a vote it's it's not a vote you're it's you're expected to do it and 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 if they'll take note if you're hesitant yeah I, I, yeah yeah it's almost it's almost a pavlovian conditioning people yeah. are conditioned to act and and do this way that's what i'm saying i mean you you were led down this path by people who you trusted you didn't think they were going to lead you to this sort of mess they thought you thought this is the most godliest perfect way the right way the correct way the biblical way to actually live and it, it wasn't it's certainly it's hateful but anybody who out who on the outside looking in you they can see what it is but you you're like like I don't know who, who mentioned the the mountain analogy, but you're so too close to the mountain to really see how what it where, where, where it really goes and where it really leads you. Right. Yeah. The thing is, is they they'll take like, I mean, when I became a Christian, that was a real experience for me. That was a profoundly real experience for me. And the thing is, is they take that and sort of inject some of that human arrogance into it, and then you know taint god's love with their mission you know so it's it's kind of in, insidious in that yeah it's not just some charismatic smart person manipulating people it's them like taking advantage of people's real conversion experiences with god and then kind of pushing them into the the whole xenos mindset yeah the human effort and the arrogance right mm -hmm. well, well, that's coming right up at Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Ronnie, I just well, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I was just going to say we're coming up on 90 minutes now and we can keep going. I uh, just I did. I We didn't really agree on a time set. Usually about an hour, hour and a half. So you about good. But if you want to keep going, I, I'm by all means, keep talking. I, I don't want to be a be a be a wet blank by any of this. I just want you to know uh, we hadn't agreed on it, but you can just keep going. Gotcha. Well, go ahead, Megan. Megan, what are you saying? Uh, yeah, I wanted to say, Ronnie, I just want to say to you, I like, well, I hadn't ever met you prior to this um, video panel, but like, I love you. And like, from the bottom of my heart, from the perspective of someone who's been disciplined out, like, I forgive you or anyone like you who would have voted for me out because it, it makes complete sense, you know from that side of things. And I just remember right before my discipline meeting, um, <laughs> all of our, our cell group um, Bible studies, we were focusing on, you know, all the passages about the importance of uh, listening to counsel and following your leaders, you know, leading right up to that discipline meeting. And 
you know, how things were presented, um, you know, and so I was kicked out, you know, for like sexual sin, which, you know, I had confessed, admitted, like, I agree with the church's stance, like I got into sexual sin and I agree, like, I want to repent, you know, whatnot, but the way it was presented, everyone there probably thought I was like regularly having sex. I was still technically a virgin, but everyone probably thought I was like crazy promiscuous, sleeping around like crazy with my boyfriend or ex-boyfriend or whatever. And, but the thing is in the meeting and when people said stuff to me of, oh, you have to realize when you have sex with someone and I'm thinking like, I've never actually had sex. Like, but I couldn't say that in the meeting because that would come across as very prideful and I'm not actually repentant because, you know, I went further than I should have. And uh, so honestly, like in terms of what people heard or thought about the situation, and I'm sure what my discipler said of like, this is kind of, I don't know if there's some sort of like leader recommendation at the end when the the person leaves, but at least that's what it kind of felt like there probably was after I walked out for people to vote um, that I make so much sense that, you know, that's the way it actually, <laughs> you know, yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I just can't. Yeah. It's, it's hard to fathom having to go through that and, I love you as well from the bottom of my heart. I love all you guys. I don't care if that's weird to say. <laughs> um, the support group that we're in on Facebook is just has been um, honestly life changing. I never thought Facebook would change my life, but you know, you get to, <laughs> you, yeah, you get to just see and interact with these people where you're like, God, I just thank God we're out of that. And, we are now free to be humans and make our own decisions that we think are right for us. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Thanks, Megan. And I'm, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, too. I mean, the fact that you feel the way you do, that's just proof that you really have a good heart. It, you know? Yeah. We all do, and we were all lied to, and it's just, yeah, I really liked what you said about having a sincere thought. That's life-changing, too, to be able to be like, oh, my gosh, all of that was just hogwash. All the stuff that we were taught is fake, and it's manipulative, and it's wrong, and it's vile. Mm -hmm. We're all, all of us here, we're, we're smart, we're capable, we have huge hearts, or else why would we be here? you know, and have these opinions. And it's just crazy to think that there was a time where this whole church was like, gosh, you know, Joe and Megan and Colin and Justin and Ronnie, they're so, they don't know what they're doing. And it's like, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. You couldn't be any more wrong. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're lost. Because yeah. I think you guys, have, I, you're all completely different. I mean, you, you all came to me, and we've been talking. You're all individuals from different parts of life. And from what I was saying, not, even, not a lot of you knew each other at all before you before you before you're coming on. You're all telling the same story. You all have the same narrative. You've been through the same pain, the same uh, crisis of thought and conscience. All of you have done it separately. 
So what does that say about Xenos? What's going on internally within them? That, that's something I want them to think about. All these people who I don't even know are coming and telling the same story as if they sat and, and had a crib sheet to read from. I, I don't think so. Uh, There's something going on in Xenos they don't want to talk about. They don't want to think about. Somebody mentioned about them being mad about about us discussing about their their being crossed. Well, that's what you're doing, by just you being you, giving your story, being giving your own testimony, is driving them crazy. They can't handle that because there's no way they can they can refute that. No, and and this panel we've got what like thirty years between us, or we've got a span of thirty years. I mean, Joe, you were there in the '80s. Uh, Colin, you were uh, you were Ronnie with the last ones out. It's like, uh, I mean, that, that's 30 years of the same stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and Joe, I think well, I think you came over to my house one day to get a guitar or something, and so we've known yeah. each other face to face ten minutes. Raphael, we've known each other an hour face to face. It's like, <laughs> a couple hours. Yeah, and enjoy like, pizza too, by the way. Yeah, pizza <laughs> and your wine. It's, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I've not met any of the rest of you. And the you know church leadership thinks that we're like this coalition hell bent on destroying the church and that we're all well organized and well funded with you know Raphael I guess you're our out of state tie. But yeah. <laughs> it's like we don't, we don't know each other. It's, it's... <laughs> that's the strength yeah. of diversity. Yeah, that's the true diversity. It's not conformity. Xenos is, is a place full of people compelled to a to a conformity. Uh, this is a diversity of unity. These are yeah. diverse people with different walks of life, but we all share a common experience. Completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. I just talking about diversity, it just it makes me laugh because it just makes me think of the um interview, Raphael, that you and um Megan had with uh Conrad and Kate. And I just remember when I was watching that, like they picked the only non-white male elders to represent the church <laughs> like the biggest diversity ever <laughs> oh now i'm i bet i'm like 95 percent sure that was purposeful oh <laughs> they listen to everything we say and they know all of our qualms there they know <laughs> they think they're smart <laughs> They were there. So one of the things that has not come out in this documentary, which I understand uh, is is still up in the air. Uh, I can tell you, having been there, when we knocked on the door, and the nice but very very professional secretary said to us, uh, "Well, there's no one here to talk to you." There are people walking back and forth there, walking at us, walking at us. I knew people were there that just didn't want to talk to us, and, and then, then somehow he got he got he got the duty, and then uh, I remember I remember one, one of my one of my memories is watching some old elderly looking guy shuffling off to his truck uh, as we were leaving, so, and he certainly looked elderly like or elderish. <laughs> so I don't know who he was, but uh, he certainly could have been available. Maybe he was on his off day. I don't know. He was in shorts and it was a cold day, so I don't know. But. Uh, but yeah, they, they knew what they were doing. They're very purposeful in making sure that they were going to control the narrative. And and, and uh, we never, we weren't going to have it. And we just weren't going to do it. I, I'm, just, I'm just shocked that they even aired it like they did. I mean, we didn't, we didn't agree to make it public, but they did. And uh, and it just showed. It really did make it. It, it spoke 
loudly to where they really are. They're really all about making sure they come off as squeaky clean. These misunderstood mm-hmm. people of faith. Yeah, Standing let's... with truth. I think if yeah. any one leader, just one, if or let, uh, sorry, elder, if just one elder would just be like, hey, you know what? The gig is up. We have messed up. We're not perfect and we're sorry. Honestly, that would do, that would do, I mean, I would, I'll still always be not happy with them, but I think that would, I think that'd be a great first start is to be, you know, look at all of us who have participated and said, you know, we're sorry and the guilt that we carry. And it's, I think it would stew. I can't think, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think it would be significant. Your, I think that was one of your first questions, Raphael, was, you know, what could they do or, or something along that line? Um, I think just to apologize without advertisement, you know, sorry, or the fake sorry, where it's the sorry but or the sorry if, if they were to just say, hey, sorry, this has gotten out of hand. We're trying to go to Florida now. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, that would do so much. And it's so easy to do and they won't do it. They just won't do it. I don't think they ever will. Mm-hmm. Not to sound pessimistic, yeah. but it's easy to do. <laughs> but but it's it's easy to come before a camera and say what needs to be said. Yeah. But who would that elder be, and what weight would it have? I mean, I mean, really, it, it would be it would be to me like, I mean, uh, a painting. You're they're painting an outhouse, you know. It's been out there 50 years, and uh, they, yeah, it's just still uh, underneath, underneath the paint. There's still the crap. I right. mean, that's the way it is. I mean, yeah, I, I would want to hope that elders would come up, but but unless there's a, a substantial discussion from leaders who are in control, who have like Dennis or anybody else that can actually speak to and be willing to humble themselves. Now that's the problem. That's the problem. When you begin yeah. to talk about your failings, you got to fess up. You got to humble yourself. You got to realize you crow. And then let's face it, the, the 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 business side. When you start confessing that maybe we shouldn't have done this, done this, you know, you start thinking about what we're, you know, how far will it be before the litigation starts coming out? <laughs> I mean, I mean, to me, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm a realist. You know, I was, I was sued twice. By a cult leader for millions of dollars, and by the grace of God, uh, we 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 are we able to beat that off. But that was because they were completely into themselves. They, they were they were no way going to ever let anybody uh, piddle on their on their brand name, and that's what we're doing here in this sense. In essence, Xenos is getting getting an awful lot of bad press. It's not had to deal with before, yeah. and I have no intention of having of doing anything of, of letting up the pressure. And I. And and uh, simply because the pressure and all the pressure is just your testimony, what you people are saying, just telling the truth. They don't want to hear that. I would like to see them change. Uh, I'm praying, uh, but my eyes are open. I love, it's one of, my, yeah. one of the great books I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading a book called Praying with Your Eyes Open, and yeah. and that's what I've been reading. And I, I'm realist. I'm a realist too. I understand. You know, Raphael, you asked me uh, how I felt about the leadership's response. Yeah to the hundreds and hundreds of people that are speaking out. And I think I express some pessimism, but I want to, I want to change that stance. I'd like to re- redact that 
yep. and say that I actually have nothing but optimism and hope for them. But the caveat is that the change that needs to happen is a heart change that can only happen from the power of God. Human effort is not going to do anything here. So, no. you know, like Ronnie, I've I've sort of longed to hear admission and maybe even an apology, although so much time has passed, an apology would be kind of empty and a waste of time. But uh, and the reason I feel that way is because that's how God feels about me. God has nothing but optimistic hope. And I'm thinking of uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which is First John 3, 2 and 3. Uh, you know, look, I'm not going to start teaching or preaching here, but look it up, man. Hope. Hope is what transforms us. And I hope that they will repent. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's very admirable. Well said. Yeah. I hope they would, too. Oh, I, I mean, so that, that's why we reached out to them. And I still want to I still would like to pick up, pick it up with Kate and Conrad. I really would. Yeah. How far that will go, we, we, we learned really quick, pretty quickly that they weren't in any position to really speak. But who knows? Maybe now after a year of this, they might, they might yeah. want to listen to me now. Who knows? And really, the essence, the essence of my herd at Xenos was that they didn't have the kind of hope that God has for me. And they, they parted ways with the Lord. When they, when they started to assess me as non-responsive, as compromised, as putting me on the bad list, that's when they parted ways with the Lord, you know, because mm -hmm. God doesn't feel that way about me. And I'm not going to return. I'm going to feel the way God feels about me towards them. But, I, it, you know, I have spent years angry. Uh, and it's okay to feel angry. You should feel angry when you're wrong. Anger is a proper response. They try to, you know, they always say people leave because they're bitter. Yeah, well. When you get beaten like that spiritually, you should be bitter. You should be angry. You just got to get over it, you know, and I finally got over it. Right. And, and, but, but, but to be bitter is to be infected by hate, by, by a malice towards other people. Mm -hmm. uh, anger is what it is. That's anger. It's your, your outrage at an injustice or something. Those are two. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're similar. But not the Different. same. And people leave not because they're bitter. They leave because they're angry, because yeah, there's yeah. no conflict, because they're wrong, because there's sin, because there's hypocrisy, because there's pain, which there should be gentle balms of healing. I mean, that's what people leave. And they can't see it, though. That's why I said they're, they, to them, up is down. They can't see the difference. They can't. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, expect one, it from them. One response like, the, like you said, oh, God hits them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was going to leave. One, one response that, that you know, I think we've all gotten from somebody in the church, and, and you even sometimes see it publicly, is, you know, you know these people that, that have left, you know, they, they need to forgive us. And it's like, do you know how badly I want to forgive you? <laughs> it's like, do you know how badly I just want to forgive everyone? But I need an apology. And it's yeah. not like what Ronnie said, which is, you know, honestly, what I was thinking right before she said it, every time it's like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, but it's 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 not a, I'm sorry for what I did. It's I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. But here here here's all this, and you need to forgive me for what I've done to you, but I'm not going to quit doing it to you or anybody else. I just want your forgiveness for it. And it's like, that's yeah. not how this transaction works. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's been... Uh, 
kind of stewing because th- this has really kind of helped spur my thoughts and just like concerns that I have for like current members and stuff is that I'm not sure how much of you, how many of you are familiar with like the, I guess the sexual assault scandal that happened a couple years ago. Um, there was a, a leader, like a senior leader in the college group who was basically taking advantage of girls in his home church um and ended up you know he was married and cheating on his wife with these girls and convincing them like you know that god wanted these things for him and like for them like and that it was okay basically convincing these girls that it was okay and i guess this has kind of spurred my thought of like i'm afraid that this is happening more often than we know yeah yeah. they cover i i don't yeah i don't i don't want to no i guess not voice that like they should come forward and that they because they're probably going to be listening to these kind of things is like that you should come forward and you need to acknowledge what's going on is not god's work and not god's will and you need to like move past that and so i guess that's kind of how my mind has been going is that i'm just afraid for some of the members of the church that there is something that they're not saying that they're afraid to say because of things like that and i'm just curious how often that really is happening we just don't know about it Oh, I'm certain of that. <laughs> it's it's a certainty. Human beings are human beings. You know, uh, if there's people being kicked out because there's because there's sexual sin between consenting adults, you know, you can fill the blank there. There's, there's people there's people being being quietly hidden away because of non consensual things. And, and you and and we and we've know all about that. that and you've you've mentioned just one. I don't begin can tell you how much of that I've heard from people the past few years. There's people that should be in jail right now. People should be arrested. The people that should be uh, put away. There should be all kinds of uh, activity in the DA's office there in Columbus, uh, but there isn't because of the ways you know has been affected, been able to squelch reporting of that. And, but, and yeah, everything's handled internally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is one of the most culty things you can do is to handle handle crimes internally right i mean i remember dennis walking around and basically on the beach trip because that's like around the time that it happened dennis went to like every beach house that like had like a big leader in it um and like sat down with all their home churches and like explained the situation i mean it was like dennis was running the show making sure that he had everybody's story straight so that they knew that like hey we've taken care of this we've handled it Yep, I'm on top of it, so don't worry about it. And it's just like, oh my god, it's disgusting. But then it's kind of the talking points. Yeah, yeah. And and Raphael, the the paper I mentioned, um, where he was kind of, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. The back and forth with me and, the and back Dennis. And forth, he explicitly states we've never ever had a scan a sexual scandal. I just can't not believe publicly. I read that. I, not, that one, not that one that hit the public eye yet. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and hearing that, Colin, it just makes it even worse to hear that. Uh, I just can't believe that. And see, why would you be that dishonest with the public about something that exactly. bad? It's because it's because you hold the church above the truth. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an idol. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. It really is. Folks, it's been a really enlightening evening, and I really hope that we can continue this real soon. 
once again, I appreciate your taking all the time you have. It, we're, we're coming up almost two hours now, and we're, I'm, I'm really enjoy, really have enjoyed and learned a lot from you guys. And uh, I really am hoping that we can come back on and, and discuss uh, even more topics uh, in the Xenos first that I think you guys are uniquely qualified to share. I would hope maybe at some point we might even get somebody within the church, a church member, an elder to join us. Hey, let's be hopeful. Let, let's be, let's, let's, hey, maybe I can still get Kate and Conrad to join us. That would be an interesting conversation. And, uh, but who knows uh, where, where is this going? Uh, we just hope, of anything, is that what you've shared today is going to give a lot of people a lot to think about. And uh, I'll leave you guys, if you guys have any final thoughts to share uh, before we, uh, before we end this, uh, this broadcast tonight. Anybody else have anything you like any hope you'd like to share or anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, please, please, for anybody who's listening, think about what we are saying, what we've been through, because I know for a fact you've been through it too. And you're having the same doubts that we are talking about in our that's my biggest hope is that we every time i guess when i've kind of put myself out there is that i hope that i can help at least one person that is my goal is that one person will wise up and stop being hurt in that church yeah yeah makes my suffering worth it yeah i guess to that extent like open invitation that i mean you have our names i assume my full name is showing i don't know it is okay cool is. on my screen it says you so just check it <laughs> but um, sorry that's what mine says hey mine says that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically i mean if for anyone who is in and wondering and really questioning things and if it would help to talk um send a message my way on facebook please not to tell me how great your experience is i don't necessarily want the messages ronnie gets but um, (laughs) really wants to talk and really wants perspective that's the whole reason of sharing this is because i like goodness i hope i can spare some people some of what i went through Mm. we're not going to tell on you either because all of rosina's friends don't want to be our friends anyway yeah, <laughs> you're fine. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe. This is a safe space. Yeah. yeah. We all walked away. They won't listen to us anyway, even if we did. Yeah. Right. Right. So and they, they don't want to thing on Facebook and watch your friends list plummet. <laughs> yeah. Good way to clear it out. <laughs> now, you, now you know who the real friends might be. Sadly. Yeah. But, Save uh, yourself some time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I want people to know that Christianity has been around for 2,000 years, and it did not take two millennia for Xenos to come along and be the one church that's better than every other church and the only one that's doing it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Do it better than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you find the the perfect or the near perfect church, and you're and you're around one, then you realize it's not because you're you've showed up. 
and you're there. And and and, and uh, that includes Dennis McCallum at all, all the way down. Uh, they are they are not God. They are not the, the third persons in the Godhead. The human beings have met with men with feet of clay. And uh, they've been leading people around by their noses way too long, simply by that pretense. So anyone else? And if not, we will just go ahead and last chance. <laughs> okay. Everyone, everyone said a lot of. I agree with. Yeah, not to yeah. be that person. Great. Open Thank open you. door policy to anybody who wants to talk. Yep, that's it. Yeah. No that's advertisements it. though. Right. I'll take them. Yeah. I'm down yeah. for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and our our uh, our spirit watch uh, email inbox uh, help spiritwatch.org uh that's uh, our email inbox if anybody wants to send you emails that way and you want to write to anyone anyone here i can forward them on to you at that point i can any email email we get we've been doing that to certain for we've been getting email from people we've been sending them on and uh so i just want to let you know folks that uh if you if if writing to such apostates as these is too much for you uh, you can always send your comments to help at spiritwatch.org. We'll be happy to forward them on to the, whoever you wish to to speak with. So once again, folks, thank you so much for taking us through the Xenosverse in the last couple of hours. And God willing, we'll, we'll hope to do it again really, really soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. It's nice to meet you. Yes, good to see all your faces. <laughs> Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened, and if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night, or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you. All right, here's your picture. A vast empire supervised by the Prince of Darkness. The God of this age is worshipped by them without their even knowing it. They serve him, carry out his wishes, and the supreme counterfeit is to look like us, to act like us, to sound like us, so that they will confuse a dying world who will say, what's the difference? <laughs>